Hello and welcome to Haunted Hometowns, your bi-weekly true crime paranormal podcast with me, Blake Lambert-Hack. Tonight, I have a very special guest. They're an incredible drag artist and photographer. I do not know a better person. <laughs> Vox Sigma Low, how are you? Hello, I am very well. <laughs> <laughs> I just saw your drag show recently, the one about... Yes. Are we calling it a series or? Um, it's like a variety show, but like okay. it doesn't follow a certain, like it's the one about and the theme and like format always will change. So it doesn't really follow like a. Right. So a variety show, like. Yeah. I do think of Friends when the one about, because all the Friends episodes are called the one about whatever. Oh, okay. about whatever. Well, Monet and Bob's podcast also like all their. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I forgot. Titled the one about. Unless it's like a sibling or like a watchery. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not to shout out another podcast, right. but <laughs> it's a good podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, it was great. I like there was poetry, there was live singing, yeah. there was drag performances. It was a little bit of everything. We wanted to do like, it's the what about my ex. So there's so many ways of talking about exes. Yes. So we were really excited to have like, some poetry and like break up like, you know, like have poetry and drag spaces and musicians and yeah. po- performance artists people it was nice seeing people that who have been to shows do give shows yes <laughs> <laughs> which is always fun I'm excited for the next one it's you don't have to spoil the theme but it's every other month right yeah okay October well check out Haunted Hometown's Instagram because I will I pre- periodically will post upcoming shows for people yes. who have been on the podcast so if you're listening check it out I will post it in like a month yeah. for the next show, but exciting. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what is the theme? <laughs> I like to start out asking guests a couple questions. Uh-huh. A, do you believe in ghosts? Um, I do believe in ghosts, but I don't think that they look like haunted figures. Yes. Of like the stereotypical. But I do believe that there is like forces that are spiritual around us. I agree. I usually say that too. I like, I believe, but I don't, that's not a sheet ghost or it's not like Casper or it's not, you know, what we see in horror movies and stuff. Uh, And how would you describe a ghost then? Like a spirit, you said? Yeah, I would just like, I would say like a force, sometimes like a feeling, Mm -hmm. sometimes like that. I I feel like sometimes I'm visited by people. Gotcha. Or like I will feel someone's spirit around me. Um, they're not necessarily passed on, but like, I just feel like the like people are able to take up space other than the physical being. Right. I think that's kind of like a ghost. A ghost. You know, where, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, tonight we are going to West Virginia. Ooh. Okay. And we're gonna dive into a case called the Greenbrier Ghost. Okay. Have you spent any time in West Virginia? I'm not. I one of my really good friends is from West Virginia. Oh, okay. So I heard about they have lots of mountains. Yes, <laughs> that's literally all yeah, I know as well. Say, say, it seems like a beautiful place to visit. <laughs> yeah, I've never been either. My grandpa, I believe, was born in West Virginia. Okay. His parents are from there, but they were gone long before I was born. I know nothing about okay. any of it except that it's mountainous. Yeah. And a lot of forests. And um, they were the last ones to get, like, COVID. Oh. Because it's such a small, like, I, I remember my friend saying the minute it hits West Virginia, it's an actual emergency because nothing gets there. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. I, I, like, it was the last place, so, I mean, he was right by default. But, like, <laughs> it also proved his point of, like, they would be the last one to have it. Interesting. Yeah. Okay, well, that'll make sense more that we talk about okay, the story okay. because... The story takes place in the middle of nowhere, West Virginia, okay, so that okay. makes sense. <laughs> okay. But, okay. Are you ready? Yes. It's Saturday, January 22nd, 1897, so we're taking it back. Okay. A little over 100 years. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. <laughs> it's around 1 in the afternoon when 11-year-old Anderson Jones makes his way to the shoe's house to help out with chores. When he arrives to the house, he notices a trail of blood. He knocks on the door, but no one answered. As nervous as the boy was, he tried the door and found it was unlocked. He followed the trail of blood to the kitchen, then to the dining room, 
And as he opened the door to the dining room, he tripped over something laying on the ground. When he looked, he saw the body of Mrs. Shu. Her eyes were wide open, staring at Anderson. He reached down and shook her, but she was stiff and cold. He ran from the house and shouted to his Aunt Martha, Mrs. Shu is dead. Martha ran across the field to check on Mrs. Shu while Anderson ran down the road to the blacksmith shop where Mr. Shu was working. When Anderson delivered the news, Mr. Shu yelled and ran home. Anderson ran to Dr. Knapp's house, who had been treating Mrs. Shu for an illness a couple of weeks prior. Mm-hmm. When the doctor arrived, Mr. Shu had moved his body's wife to their bed, where he was holding her head in his arms, crying for her to come back. After an investigation by the doctor, he determined, quote, it was an everlasting faint. Her heart has failed, unquote. So does anything stand out so far? Why is there blood? Good question. And why? It seemed like she was like in a corner of the apartment because he tripped over her. Yeah, I think it's one of those things where the house is so old. They, you know, back in those days, every room was very sectioned off. It's not like right, today. Right, right. So like almost every place had a door to open. Right. Because you didn't want to see the cooking happening. You just wanted to see the right. food. <laughs> right. So I think it was one of those where he okay. like opened a door to the kitchen, then opened another door to the dining room, and then, yeah, that kind of thing. Okay. But, yeah, why is there blood? And I do feel bad for an 11-year-old. 11-year-old, yeah, it's, that's tough. Finding a woman that he like knows well. Right. Dead. And like broad daylight. Yes. Okay. And, okay, so another strange thing, like, is a doctor... Well, this is like... We can't go back and ask these people. But <laughs> <laughs> the doctor said that he was treating her. So, like, did he see that it was progressively getting worse? Had it gotten better? Yeah, we'll like, get into that in a minute. Okay. What he was treating her for specifically. Okay, okay. Um, but yes, the blood is suspicious. But we'll get, we'll get there. Right. The following morning, uh, her body, Mrs. Shu's body... Accompanied by her husband and several neighbors, was transported over the mountain to her mother's home. On Monday, Elva Zona Hester Shue was buried in the family graveyard on the side of the mountain. After the burial, Zona's husband, Erasmus Stribling Trout Shue, okay, <laughs> these names <laughs> that is a drag name. <laughs> <laughs> He got, <laughs> Trout isn't in his name. It's like a nickname they gave him. Okay. But Erasmus Stribling Shrew or Shoe. I'm is, obsessed. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, Elva Zona Hester. Uh, she goes by Zona. But okay. yeah. Uh, after his wife's funeral, he returns to their home. Several days later, Zona's mother, Mary Jane Hester was awakened in the middle of the night by a noise in her little cabin. Nervously, she appeared around the dark room and saw an object moving in the dark. Before I go further, if you heard something in the middle of the no- in the middle of the night in your house, would uh, you be checking on it? I have a dog who will sometimes make noise in Fair. house. So, I would only check it if it seemed consistent with the noises that I know she knows how to make. Right. But if, maybe if she were, if it weren't that and I don't hear her like panicking. Right. Or like showing signs of concern, then I would just let it rock. Fair. But if it, if it were like obstructing the household, I'd be like, okay, I guess, I guess like, I don't want them to take her, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, fair. Yeah. Yeah, growing up, my dog, I think I did the same thing where like if I heard something, I'd maybe peer out my door down the stairs. Okay. And if I didn't see my dog at the bottom of the stairs, I'd go back in my room. I'd be like, you know what? It's none of my business. Right. <laughs> I'm like very much like a see from a distance. Like I would like as a child use a really long like r- like yard sticker something. <laughs> yeah. And like crack open the door and then like from the corner of the the opposite corner of the door like try and peek and see what I was going love on that. because i didn't want to get caught so i was like if i'm all the way back here then they won't even see me <laughs> i love little fox with a yardstick <laughs> i was so sneaky my mom used to say all the time she's like you are so sneaky <laughs> it's so cute i love it uh if i was i mean 
if I was Mary in this instance, it's a tiny little cabin. It's either you go check on it or they yeah. break the door down or something. I don't know. It's right. you don't really have a place to hide or anything. So yeah. So she peered around the dark room and saw an object moving in the dark. As the object got closer, she realized it was her daughter, dressed in the same outfit she had died in. Mary reached out to touch her daughter, but as she was about to touch, the apparition vanished. The following night, Mary began to pray for answers surrounding the death of her daughter, and her prayers were answered when Zona appeared once again to talk with her mother. Zona's ghost came to Mary four nights in a row. And after the fourth, she knew exactly who murdered her daughter and what she had to do to catch them. So, do we have any... What are we leaning towards? Um, do, what do you mean? Like, are we believing her? or Do we believe it's murder? Okay. Versus, you know, back then you could have died from anything. Right. You could have died from tripping and not being able to phone yeah. anybody right. because there was no... You know. Yeah. I... I would say that there was definitely some sort of foul play only because of the blood. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I I would agree that like yeah, there was definitely some okay. some of that. Yeah, yeah, I am like thinking about like the four nights in a row, like that, like like how is the story being told? I'm wondering. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I need a transcript of like, the conversations. Why for <laughs> like and like welcoming four times feels a little nuts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do like in a way understand because it's your as a mom you're grieving your daughter and yeah. it's like any like it's those people who go to a spiritualist or yeah. people will be like I just want to talk to my child one more time or just to yeah. see that kind of idea. Uh, so I get that, but also if she's telling you how she was murdered, I'd be like, write down, right, yeah. say that again, right, <laughs> like right, scribbling right. word Half for asleep. word. <laughs> exactly. Okay, so let's talk about who Elva Zona Hester and Remus Stribling Shoe were. Okay. Zona was born at the foot of Little Selwell Mountain in Greenbrier County, West Virginia. Sewell, I believe is how you pronounce it. Sewell, Sewell. (laughs) Sewell Mountain is the highest summit in West Virginia and part of a sub-range of the Appalachian Mountains. Uh, The Great Smoky Mountains is my favorite sub-range of the Appalachian Mountains. Okay. Just throwing that out there. Anyway, (laughs) Greenbrier County is not very populated, as we were kind of talking about earlier, West Virginia is... Not very. It might have been Papa Hundred. years ago. Today, the population is about in a Greenbrier County. The t- population today is around thirty-four thousand people. Okay. So in the eighteen hundreds, a few thousand. Yeah, I'm assuming maybe three thousand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not much is known about Zona's life. Uh, she was. A middle child with four brothers and by the time of her death there isn't really a mention of her dad so I'm assuming he either like passed on or something happened he isn't really talked about Mm -hmm. Uh, one thing we do know about Zona is before she marries Trout's shoe uh, around 21 years old she had a baby out of wedlock with a man named George Wooldridge He didn't have any money and didn't have a steady income, so there was no way he could support a wife and or child. So they didn't get married, which at the time is extremely rare. To not get married... And then for a man to not have money. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) A, you don't have money. Right, no. B, she's 21 and not married yet. That's kind of wild. And then she has a child, like... She's, like, late in the game and... (laughs) That's like norm. <laughs> uh, after she gave birth, there is no documentation of the child, so it's thought that like relatives took the child okay. and like raised it as their own. Okay. Zona would often visit her cousins, which is about twenty five miles away, because it was a town versus where her mom lived, which was 
in the middle of nowhere okay. on the side of a mountain. Gotcha. So there wasn't much to do in this town, but it was better than sitting in your parents' house, like in the visiting town. Yeah. Okay. okay. Where her cousins lived. Gotcha. Okay. She yeah she visited them often. Okay. So it's a you know it's a little more exciting. Right. Than, okay. I I know I couldn't live in a cabin in the middle of the woods. <clears throat> I wonder like the culture of that. Like you must learn like you must be learning with your hands a lot because yes. I imagine like going to a store or like somewhere else is inconvenient so you become self-sufficient. I imagine the days are like you earn your sleep. Yes. Oh my god, yeah. I'm sure. <laughs> I'd be passed out after like six hours. Yeah. It's like, it's time. Yeah. <laughs> I could not keep shucking corn, sorry. <laughs> I'm just going to show you a map really quickly of like where everything is about. Okay. So, uh, that's her mom's house. Uh, the far west side. The, um, that the, circle? Yeah. Star. Yeah. And then that dot is where her cousins lived. Oh, okay. It's like... 25 miles away I think Mm -hmm. and then this is where her and Trout Shoe lived where she died yeah where it's like 15 miles so it's kind of you know yeah everything's not too far away from each other but there is like a mountain between (laughs) like it's very hilly and mountainous do they use horses then yeah okay yeah (laughs) so this is kind of what it looked like work just very Fieldy, mountainous. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. I mean, yeah, I would not. And this is someone's cabin, probably. <laughs> yeah. I might go off. <laughs> Look, I would love to visit, but I can't be living in a place like that. Yeah. It. Yeah. Um, I'll show you their house in a minute, but this is Trout and uh, Zona. Okay. Yeah. It's done. <laughs> I love the hair. <laughs> um, I'll post photos on Instagram and Twitter for everybody wondering what is going on. But just wanted to give you, you know, some visuals so you have an idea of what's going on around here. So the town where her cousins lived mm-hmm. is the place where Zona and Trout would meet for the first time. Okay. Erasmus Stribling Shoe was in his early 30s when he moved to Greenbrier in 1895. He was tall, muscular, with piercing dark eyes. Mm-hmm. From that photo, he didn't necessarily look muscular, but maybe yeah. for the time. Right, right, right. He was a blacksmith, so he had to be somewhat yeah. strong. And like he was he looked like a good looking man, like Yeah. Statuesque. Right, go off. And like when did they meet then they were like 23 or something like 1895 and Zona would have been like uh, Zona was 22 and he was around 10 years older than her oh okay so he had like dad bob boots (laughs) 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 yeah he was early 30s and she was early 20s when they met yeah Trout followed his dad's footsteps and became a blacksmith and began work in a shop owned by man named James Crookshanks. Trout and Zona began to see each other rather quickly. It was kind of like a whirlwind romance. Mm -hmm. But a bit scandalous because, again, Trout was 10 years older than Zona, and he had been married two times previously. Okay. Most recently, to a 16-year-old named Lucy Ann Tritt. It's thought she died from childbirth. Okay. However, Trout was married once before that, in 1885, he married a woman named Allie, and had and they had a child together. Uh, their girl's name was Grita Lucretia Shu. These names, though. Listen. Grita, Gerda, Gerda, Lucretia Shu. <sighs> what is the culture of like leaving like, kids in those days? That... Yeah, I don't. It's That's wild. Crazy, yeah. I mean, I understand like if work. If you have a job that makes you travel or like back then there isn't really work in the town anymore and you have to go to another town to get work or something. Mm -hmm. I understand that kind of where it's like, I'll send money back. Yeah. So I was like, well, how do women can't support or I mean, they can, but like, but at the time they weren't ever hired for anything. Yeah. They were domesticated. Yeah. Boots. (laughs) (laughs) 
Allie and Trout separated after he was sent to jail for two years for horse theft. So, okay. <laughs> so Trout spent some time in jail because he stole a horse. You know what? Horses were that was that's like stealing a car. Yeah, Grand, like Grand Theft Auto, <laughs> Grand Theft Horse. Yes. <laughs> After he got out of prison, well, I'm sure like horses were expensive back then too. Yeah, like, like that. The someone's someone probably couldn't get around. Someone probably couldn't go tell them <laughs> that they stole this horse. <laughs> Very much. <laughs> oh, times were different. <laughs> they were built different back then. Uh, yeah, after he got out of prison, he began working for James Crookshanks, who was wildly respectable in the surrounding towns of West Virginia. He had, like, multiple blacksmith shops. Okay. So he worked for him, and then he moved to Greenbrier County to work at a different blacksmith shop, still owned by James Crookshanks. Okay, okay. This brings us to November 1896. Trout and Zona got married. Okay. I think they had been dating for nine months, if I'm not mistaken. They rented a house in Richland, West Virginia, which was, like I was showing you, kind of between Zona's mom's and the cousin's town. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Only a couple months later would Zona start feeling ill, and she was looked after by Dr. George W. Knapp. It's thought that she was pregnant and was having morning sickness, or some other complication surrounding her pregnancy. Gotcha. Her being pregnant could also be why her and uh, Trout got married so quickly as okay. well. Because nine months is not that long. Right. Though some people I know. As I said, even today I would know some people who <laughs> like... <laughs> You're right. <laughs> okay, this gets us back to January 22nd. 1897. Okay. The night Zona was found dead in her home. They had been married, you know, not even a full year yet. Right. They had only been married two months. I don't even know if they had known each other a full year yet. The Greenbrier Independent Obituary reads, quote, Mrs. E.Z. Shue, wife of E.S. Shue, died at her home in Richlands, this county, on Sunday last, the 24th. Aged 22 years, Mrs. Shue was a daughter of Mr. Hedges Hester of Meadow Bluff District. Mr. Shue formerly lived in Pocahontas County, unquote. Zona's ghost told her mother that on the night her body had been discovered, her husband came home and was angry she hadn't cooked any meat to go with supper. He was so filled with rage he overpowered Zona and closed his fingers around her throat. He hadn't just choked her to death, but his grip was so tight he snapped her neck between the first and second vertebrae. The last night Zona's ghost visited her mother, she turned to leave, and right before she disappeared, she turned her head all the way around to look at her mother to show that her neck was indeed broken. Mm. So Mary's saying her daughter's ghost showed up four nights in a row, Went into all this detail about her husband killed her. Right. And now Mary feels it's her obligation to put him behind bars. Right, absolutely. Do we believe Zona's mom that she was visited by her daughter's ghost? I think... I'm going to believe her. Okay. We believe women on this podcast. We do. We do. We We also, like... I do know some people who, like, take spirituality and, like, take it, like, when it comes in their sleep really seriously. Yeah, yeah. I have, um, like, an old coworker of mine, Rosie. Mm-hmm. Her mom um, once had a dream that, and that her mom came out and had this beautiful... Uh, Rosie is a Dominican woman. Gotcha. And has really big, like, cultural, big gown of some sort. Yeah, yeah. And she was just kind of fluffing it. And her mom was saying to her mother, like, what are you doing here? Why are you here? She said, I'm just waiting for her brother. Yeah. And it turned out that that night, as she was having this dream, her son, Rosie's son, uh, Rosie's mother's son, obviously her brother. Right. (laughs) 
um, had gotten to a car accident and where he could have gone off of the cliff, he yeah. bounced back. As if like he went into the mother's his grandmother's big dress. Right. And so she was she was like, I'm waiting for him and then Right. He would bump into her and then be saved. Gotcha. So stuff like that I believe. I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah, like yeah. this is not a coincidence. Like right. he clearly like this happened. Right. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I, I'm gonna believe her. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's, I mean, look, I, I want to believe her as well. Okay. Cause I agree with you. I don't believe that Zona just like died from like right. a heart attack or something out of nowhere, you know? Yeah. I wonder what the doctors, how the doctor got there. Yes. And we're going to get into that in a minute, <laughs> but we're going to take a quick break here okay. and we'll be right back. Love. Okay. After Mary was visited by her daughter's ghost, Mm -hmm. she explained what she had witnessed to the county prosecutor, John Alfred Preston. She pleaded with him to reopen her daughter's case and explain that her daughter's apparition told her everything that I just explained. And back then, people were, they really did believe in ghosts. Like, it was a very spiritual time. Everybody was like, if you saw a ghost, I'm staying away from you. I'm staying away from that area. I don't want to see a ghost. Everyone believed in ghosts. So it didn't take much convincing for Mary to be like, I saw my daughter's ghost. And she said her husband's a bad man. He wasn't, like, going to be like, you're a crazy woman. Right, exactly. I'm sure as a prosecutor, he was like, I need a little more than that. But I believe you. Gotcha. So he did, John did some minimal investigation and asked surrounding neighbors and friends what they thought. And many of them were suspicious of Trout to begin with. John visited Dr. Knapp, who said that he stands by death by childbirth. So he stands by his original ruling that she fainted and it was some sort of blood failure or whatever. Right, something related to miscarriage and childbirth. Okay. But he did add that Dr. Knapp didn't get to do a full examination because Trout was so stricken with grief, he wouldn't leave his wife's side. So at the very beginning, I said that he moved his wife's body from the floor to their bed and the entire time the doctor was doing an examination, he was holding his wife's head. Okay. Some neighbors said they saw bruising around Zona's neck before she was found dead. However, at the time, high collar blouses were very common, so it's really hard to say. Right. You know, you couldn't... Unless you were there when she was changing. Right. You wouldn't have been, have been able to see it. John made the unheard decision to exhume Zona's body because Trout was next of kin. He had to be present for the autopsy. He complained about having to go and said he knew he was going to be arrested, but that they wouldn't be able to prove he did it. So do we take that as a confession? I mean, yes. (laughs) He's saying that he's going to get arrested because he knows it. There is something wrong with this woman's body. Yeah. And he... They can't prove that he did this, but he he's literally saying that I know that this happened. Yeah. I'm going to say... I don't know if I gave it time of autopsy, but... Oh, yeah. On March 9th, her body was dug up. So it's been... Two months. Two ago. months. Yeah. She's been buried month and a half, two months. Right. It was in remarkable shape because the winter had been so cold that year. Right. So Dr. Knapp checked her stomach for poison and other organs because 
back then that was the way you killed people if right, you weren't right, going right. to stab them or choke them right. you poisoned them right after the autopsy was complete they did in fact find that zona's neck was broken the pocahontas times reported quote on the throat were the marks of fingers indicating that she had choked that the neck was dislocated between the first and second vertebrae the ligaments were torn and ruptured the windpipe had been crushed at a point in front of the neck, unquote. Trout was arrested and held without bail for the first-degree murder of his wife, Zona Hester Shue. So, I don't know. <clears throat> I'm torn because as much as I don't believe she just died randomly, okay. to, like, arrest this man because a woman said she saw a ghost who said such and such, right. and then you <clears throat> exhume a body months later after transporting it across a mountain and all this other stuff and saying, right. you know what? It looks like her neck is choked or she died because her neck was broken. So her husband did it. Yeah. You know I mean, well, it's, it's like what he said. It's like, he'll, they'll find it, but they can't prove that it's him. Like, right. So, I mean, if he was at work the entire time right. and we don't know if allegedly, he was right. allegedly, it could have been an intruder that came in, right. found her, choked her, and then left. Do we think that his, like, his previous arrest for Grand Theft Auto, <laughs> <laughs> Grand Theft uh, Horse robbery, <laughs> do we think maybe that play, played a factor into it? I think probably, yeah, because okay. I don't think Trout had, like, the best reputation in town. You okay. know, going to jail at all is, like, gives, you know... Right tarnishes your reputation it's like it's but... believable it's like well he's exhibited behaviors like he's not afraid to do things that are wrong absolutely and like to some extremes of like stealing a horse <laughs> <laughs> no for sure and i think because he had been married previously as well mm-hmm. that they looked at that and was like well he has one dead wife now he has two mm-hmm. dead wives and both like allegedly pregnant both allegedly pregnant and right. died from childbirth so there are like things like that that and of course like your first suspects are always going to be family Closest, yeah. husband right. boyfriend relatives uh so i get it right i think it's wild though to arrest somebody right on the spot after being like yeah she died with her throat crushed I think, it's you <laughs> i think well okay i think we think about how she was exhumed. It was this dream that described it in detail. So if it's like, if it's if it ha- if they were able to prove that it happened, yeah, I'm I'm willing to believe that it was the person who they said did it. Okay, I'm like, well, girl, we wouldn't be here <laughs> without this information. So I'm taking your word, <laughs> Detective Fox, on the case. <laughs> I am. I just trying to put the pieces together. <laughs> I love you just showing up to a house and just being like, well, girl, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> the, the evidence is like, this is suggestive. <laughs> Imagine any of us as like a lawyer and be like, your honor. I, I would live. <laughs> I'd be like, what, how do I explain this better for y'all? Like, <laughs> I love it. Uh, so the trial began on June 30th, 1897 in Greenbrier Court. Prosecutor John Preston stated Trout refused to let anyone near his wife's body during the wake and funeral. And for the wake and funeral, he dressed her in a stiff, high-necked collar and scarf with a large bow tied around her neck. He was so grief-stricken about his wife's death until after the funeral when it seemed to dissipate rather quickly. And the prosecutor said that after talking to like neighbors and people who were there. He didn't bring up the ghost visit because spectral evidence wasn't declared inadmissible in court uh, since the Salem witch trials. So they were like, okay. you cannot, ghosts are not allowed in a court. Gotcha. Witches are not allowed. In the court. I mean, that's, it's not like hard evidence. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but also, the entire town already knew about the Greenbrier ghost. Like, okay. Mary did not hold back. She told everybody she could. <laughs> she was like, listen. Girl, I would too. <laughs> my son-in-law <laughs> murdered my daughter. Right. And my daughter told me. Uh, the jury knew as well. Like, everybody in town. There was okay. no really, like, 
It was a known fact. Yeah, there wasn't... I don't think the jury was actually a fair jury. I think they probably should have tried him outside of that county. Mm -hmm. But, you know. The defense, one of which was the first black attorney to practice in Greenbrier Court. I love that. Just a little fun fact. Uh, They gave alternate theories to why Zona's neck was broken. So the defense said the most obvious and plausible reason was that her neck was broken after she was dead. So she died and then her neck broke because either when they moved the body from the floor to the bed okay, or from the funeral and changing her right. or from the 15 miles over mountainous terrain, icy, it's winter, right. Right. in a wagon. Right. So that was... They say that like two months had gone by a lot. Right. Happen. Her neck could have broken in a wagon. She's in the back of a wagon and right, it's right, right. icy and right. mountainous. So that's their defense. Okay. The defense decided to call Mary Hester to try and punch holes in her ghostly visit. Which they can't talk about in court. So the prosecution can't bring it up okay. because it's not real evidence. But I guess the defense was like, well, everybody already knows about it. Oh, gotcha. Okay. We can at least question her and make her look gotcha. like she's it's crazy unreliable. or unreliable or whatever. Yeah. Gotcha. At this point, Mary was in her early 50s. She was extremely religious and repeatedly claimed that her daughter's visit was not a dream. The defense's strategy backfired. Mary's story never wavered and came across as a strong, loving mother. So the jury loved her. Okay. His ex-wife, Allie, was called to testify about her relationship with Trout and brought up incidents that happened years prior, like how he used to beat Allie. So much so, men in town grabbed Trout one night and tossed him in the river as a threat to stop him from beating Allie. Which, you know, if men came to my rescue and were like, you touch her one more time, right, yeah. I'd be like, does somebody else want to marry me? <laughs> like, Listen. Can I not have an abusive husband? Right, I will, right, if any of you I'm are down. single. <laughs> I'm down. When Trout took the stand, he denied everything, of course. Okay. He constantly protested his innocence. He was so intense with his delivery and made an unfavorable impression with the jury. And now we've like come to realize that trials are all about storytelling. Right. And it's all about perception. Right. And so... But evidence is not what it was a hundred plus years ago. Not, not at all. Yeah, there's no like surveillance camera. There's no... Yeah. This is all like recounting stories. Yeah. Who's you know, believable, who's credible. Absolutely. So, yeah. Yeah, for sure. So you have to watch your tone. You can't be like... Right. If someone before you getting on the stand is like, yeah, he used to beat me. Yeah, we never trusted him around town. He was always kind of iffy. And then you get on the stand and you're aggressive. Yeah. The jury's not going to... Believable. Yeah. Yeah. It's not good. (laughs) (laughs) The jury took less than an hour to return a guilty verdict. Okay. He was sentenced to life in prison. A mob formed outside the court to try and kill Trout since the court didn't sentence him to death. So at the time, you know, death penalty was all the rage. You're going to murder somebody, you got to die for it. However, I think because a lot of it had to do with this ghost... Yeah. The court was like, you know what? We find you guilty, but we're not going to sentence you to death. You just get life in prison. Right. However, the town was mad about it. So they're like, you know what? Vigilante justice. Right. Up high pressure. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Deputy was able to disperse the mob. Okay. But four of them were arrested and faced attempted murder charges, which I think is interesting. Because I feel like a lot of times at this time, police really didn't do their job. 
Right. Or like they did it to the best of their ability, but they weren't trained. They didn't know what they were doing. Yeah. I'm also like, what was going on in this little small town? Of West <laughs> exactly. Virginia? They're probably excited about this. <laughs> yes. They were probably bored as shit. And they're yeah. like, oh my God, something exciting. Look, we have room in jail. Do y'all want to go? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's free, right? <laughs> He was, uh, Trout was sent to West Virginia State Prison, where three years later he died of an epidemic that flooded the prison. Okay. I don't know what epidemic. I tried hard to find it. It could have been yellow fever. It could have been some other okay. random COVID, disease. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> but he died three years later. Gotcha. Uh, and that prison happens to be haunted as well. So maybe I'll talk about that in a future episode. Right. But So you're standing firm that... Trout murdered his wife. He came yeah. home. He was mad that his wife didn't cook him some meat. And so he choked right. her to death. Okay, that part, I'm like... <laughs> Did her? <laughs> like, well, also, I mean, like, think about, like, the stakes. Like, when we don't... But, the stakes. I mean, <laughs> literally. When we don't have our stakes here now, we can just be like, girl, I'll just order. If I walked in, like... So I was supposed to have dinner. I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to the bodega. Yeah. <laughs> they don't have, like, that dinner, like, dinner not being what it's supposed to be yeah. probably looks a little differently <laughs> and feels differently back then. No, I agree. Yeah. It is one reason why I'm definitely a city boy and not, I cannot live in the country because I cannot be caught driving 30 minutes to an hour to a grocery store. Yeah. I'm sorry, that's not Regularly. No. But that's why they have these huge cars. They fill that shit up. Yeah, yeah, for and sure. They're like, girl, we're not going back over there. Like, <laughs> yeah, they go shopping once a month. Exactly, and it's, it's a, a whole huge to do. Thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, what my ex lived in like the country yeah. of McDonough, Georgia, gotcha. and it was like any time we would go out to eat, like for the groceries, it was like. So, like, we needed help with grocery bags. Right. there were so many of them. Right. It was never like, a, we're going to grab dinner for tonight. No, we're going to do dinner for tonight, breakfast for tomorrow. <laughs> exactly. Like, we're going to stay in a couple of days, and then, you know, we'll come back out when our taste buds change. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, it was never like a... So, I can understand... I would... <laughs> I, I'm i not... Like, this is not too far-fetched for me to believe that, like, he was upset about dinner. Do I think that he, like, choked her? It's like... There ha there like there has to be some sort of context to it. Like yeah. he must he must like maybe she's done this before. <laughs> like uh, I don't know. But like I think that like there's definitely a story behind yeah. this dare situation. Do you think it could be just like he hit her too hard one time and she died, you know? Like Yeah. Like it wasn't he didn't purposely kill her or he didn't mean to kill her, but he did kill her. Right. I, I wonder about that because I'm like, do you call for help Yeah. to try to reverse it? Like, was it an instant death or was it like a... Right. Because that bleeding out is like... Or bleeding in general. Like, right. It, and then it moved a bit. Well, that's what's confusing to me is that uh, Anderson, who was 11 at the time, but a lot of the information we have about that day is because he was interviewed uh, like... 10 plus years later so he was um, an adult okay. and he was being interviewed by the media and he was retelling the story about what happened that day uh because he was like the only one still alive that would have known anything about the story okay. so the blood being outside out front the front door is strange to me right unless like you're saying like maybe she was hit and then she went to leave or to get help or to like run away right. from him and then that's when he hit her again and killed her right. and then dragged her body inside mm-hmm. and then tried to make it look like an accident or something right. Right. that's that's a good scenario but also for me like i really can't take off like miscarriage as an option though like the broken neck is weird to me mm-hmm. but if she had like if oh, okay. she, if she had a miscarriage and she was outside and she was on her way inside and she had a miscarriage. She started bleeding. Okay. And she like crawls her way inside the house, maybe to get help, maybe to grab medicine the doctor prescribed for her, something. Right. And then just can't make it anywhere and dies on the dining room floor. Well, let's say that that happened. Yeah. 
why why would her ghost come back and be like girl i'm gonna tell you a different story <laughs> like, <laughs> like what i wonder like yeah does, does the mom just not like the or does so now like do we believe that the mom is actually telling the truth or like right like i am pro like this happened because yeah. at least something was found out about it right and then I'm like, as a doctor, is it strange to find a broken neck? Like, how common is it for someone to die and then break their neck? Right. So those are just my questions. Yeah, I actually called a doctor here tonight. Right. To, right. <laughs> I like, le- what were the statistics? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a good question. I literally, I don't know uh, the likelihood of her neck breaking right. after death. But I, I feel like it has to be semi-common just because you don't have the muscles to like keep your neck yeah I mean, in place you know so true. when you're dead you kind of just like especially like people i guess and then they pick you around and, yeah yeah i can see that being a thing i i'm just playing devil's advocate uh-huh. uh because that's my favorite pastime but <laughs> i if the mom and i don't think the mom loved trout by any means okay i think to her it's like you just met my daughter You've been married multiple times before. Oh, okay, gotcha. You, um, if the mom knew that she was pregnant, it's like you knocked my daughter up before getting married to her. So I think the mom had like concerns about him. Okay. But also, if your daughter dies and the only person really around is her husband, like as a right, parent, right. I also would be like, what'd you do to my daughter? Right. You know, so. And then, like, So the son goes over to a neighbor's house. It's like, so they must trust neighbors yeah. to some degree. Yeah. So maybe it's not believe like un- completely unbelievable that like maybe a neighbor did it or. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. possible. I, or, you know, the miscarriage is obviously still on the table. <laughs> I do. I, I do think that Trout killed her. Okay. I just don't necessarily believe that he should have been convicted for her death. With what was provided. With what was, yeah, the evidence provided. It's like, it's circumstantial. Right. So from a legal standpoint, it's not enough for me. Right. That that checks out, yeah. But a ghost coming back to be like, look, my husband murdered me. It's kind of cunty. I'm like, (laughs) and like, she was telling her mom, she told her mom over four days, she was giving her... Step by step. <laughs> exactly. She was like... Part one. All I had at home was potatoes and green beans, yes. and I the meat went bad, and I didn't have time to go to the store right, and get more. Right. The expiration date was... <laughs> exactly. I was smelling the meat, and I was like, girl, she's gonna go. <laughs> oh my god. Well, yeah, I, I nobody really knows. No one will ever know, right, right. but Trout was convicted, and he died in jail, so... I think, you know, I obviously feel bad that, like, he's died in jail, but, like, <laughs> the, sh- the shoulder shrug. <laughs> like, but... may- maybe he needed to just, maybe he needed to, like, get off, like, maybe he was done, like, because that's third strike, you're out. <laughs> you gotta go. Yeah, like maybe another woman does not need because the other one was younger. It's like yeah. maybe we needed him. Yeah, you know, tucked away for a minute. Not look. I agree. Yeah. I get it. Now I'm gonna ask you. Okay, Fox, have you ever had paranormal experiences in your life? Um. Okay, so I've had like flashes of them, maybe. Okay. Where I'll like. Sometimes like in sleep, but okay. like sometimes it'll happen like during the day where I, or like do you consider like deja vu? Yeah. Okay. Like some deja vu is real. Like now, like I will feel it coming. I'll feel really familiar. Yeah. Um, and that way. There's also I remember like as a child like I would like see like we had, well I I mean I was tiny but like what I would consider was a big house. Yeah. All yeah. Set on. And we had this huge living room, mm-hmm. and it was, it was just like an abundance of space. And I would often sometimes like, the kitchen window was at the side of the deck. Okay. So someone could come up the stairs from the side yard. Gotcha. The street. 
He yeah, was able yeah. to go on a busy street. But you could, like, come up the stairs if you, like, had the key to the gate or the gate was locked, right. left open. You just go up the stairs and you could walk right past the kitchen window. Mm-hmm. And often I would feel like someone passing by. Interesting. And I would, like, run to the side because I'm like, who is that on Who our, the hell? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We also, like, it was a very busy part of, of the North Shore Staten Island. So, like, I remember there was, like, a shooting at the McDonald's across the street from us. It was, like, helicopters everywhere. And, like, the shooter or killer or whatever. Yeah. Like, they would run through our yards because yeah. it's kind of just easy fences to get over. Right. That's so, scary to... Yeah, it's, it's like, if someone needed to, they could easily hop that gate and, like, go over. Right. And get like behind and like cut through streets without being on the street and yeah yeah seen. um but like but these would oftentimes be in the middle of the day where i can like see a silhouette gotcha so i would see like those things i would never like engage too much i would just like gotcha. confirm that it's not a real <laughs> yeah, person yeah. and then i'd be like well it's doing its thing it's <laughs> like i'm not affected right we're all good right um and then i was like, this was, like, really young, but then I, I became a Jehovah's Witness. Yeah, yeah. And, like, our teaching and understanding of ghosts is that it doesn't exist. Right. And, like, once you're past, like, you're done. But they also believe in, like, God and Jesus. So it's, like, are these are forces of beings that are not here so are right. these not also like <laughs> <laughs> right but it's you know that's like that like is it fairy tale is it religion is it like fiction yeah um but yeah but but generally like i guess during my formative years i would have less of like paranormal because I, I was like very like kind of embedded in my in my brain like this doesn't exist obviously i would think about it but i'm like gotcha yeah yeah, I yeah. like pay too much attention to it right yeah i mean if you're told all the yeah. time that it's not real then yeah or just specifically that it was like bad to even like feed into it. like horror right. movies we could never watch because it was like bad but like my mom would like we would still watch <laughs> you know like, <laughs> yeah we, we would never like no i don't think anyone's like following all those rules yeah <laughs> it's like absurd like it's the same thing with like uh catholicism and stuff where yeah. they're like you can't watch these gay movies or whatever movies they tell you not to watch and you know damn well exactly <laughs> it was like we had like it was like we couldn't celebrate Halloween, but like, so in October, October would come around, but then January would come around, we'd have a costume party. <laughs> what? It. It's like, it's just ways of like, because we were still kids that we had yeah. to like, but that was like our, it was like our substitute. It was like for us to like put on a different persona and like just exist in this right. space, which is Halloween, like the the act of church treating. It just yeah. stems from pagan holidays that we look, we were like, we cannot do it all in October. We can't do it on the 31st. But we could do it literally any day other. I love it. It's like Christmas. It's like, you could give a gift to someone any time of day while oh, wait for one. absolutely. Yeah. I agree with so you. So there's obviously ways around. <laughs> you know, to go back to deja vu, I... So, like, science kind of kinda likes to explain deja vu is, like, one eye seeing, thing, so, seeing something before the other eye. Okay. So then your brain kind of... One side of the brain thinks that you've seen it before. Cause okay. Physically, you did see it before because one I saw it faster. Um, oh, and that's certain. That's like when you think you've seen something. Okay. More than once. Okay. I don't necessarily believe that's for every time, you know. But that's like how science tries to explain it. Okay. I also have had deja vu, but it's not seeing things a second time. My deja vu is like I've done this before. Yeah, it's always done. Yes, like, I've literally yeah. done this activity before. I've had this conversation with this other yes, person before. Yeah. I get that all the time. And then I can, like, look around and, like, know exactly what's going to happen. Because it's, always, it's never, like, a mundane conversation. Right. So it's, like, something is happening, and then it's, like, a trickle effect of, like, we go from one conversation, and then so-and-so hits their head or something like that. And then it's, like, we're talking about this. And then it's, like, okay, this feels really familiar. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, like, I knew that you were going to hit your head. Because... <laughs> I, like, just saw this. So, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, It was, it feels like it was expected. Yeah. I don't know so, how to explain it, but I agree with you that it's kind of, mine is usually, like, a, like, 
like colors or something like that. Like I'll okay. like see something like a color somebody's wearing and it'll trigger. Oh yeah. When I saw this the first time we had this conversation and okay. then this is the, and then that conversation started. It was right, like, right. I don't know how to explain it, but yeah, it's mm. like a weird, I look, I use paranormal very, it's like an umbrella term. Say, yeah. yeah. I think anything unexplained is paranormal. Right. Could be aliens, could be ghosts, right, could right. be Bigfoot could be dreams i when i was mentioning like my like definition of like um ghost or whatever it is yeah, yeah. Like a force be basically like right the person could be with us or not with us right um but one time i remember i was walking up broadway in by like union square mm-hmm. and i felt the presence of a friend oh yeah and i was like i feel i was like i like i felt like they were like with me right i look across the street and there they were it was like i felt it before i could see them right and stuff like that and they were very very uh, they are very very i don't know i have i haven't seen them in years but like <laughs> they like were very 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 spiritual at the time yeah like very much like about like beads and whatnot and like i was like okay cool so when i when i was like i told them i was like i literally felt your energy across the street right and they were like, yeah, it's, it's like a spiritual thing. I'm like, I like, I, I will say like, like I get it. Yeah. But like, sometimes I'm like, okay. Like, but I think like sometimes when we, we back to drag, yeah. like Junior Mint, when she does those spiritual numbers, it does like, it moves. It, it, yeah. it is like a church that like moves people. So yeah. there is like a, a spirit and power within her that like kind of takes over the space. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So I think like it, it it definitely like exists. I just don't always like I'm not like, and I think like I also like my mom passed when I was really young, so mm-hmm. I think sometimes like there's like a guardian right. angel over me where I haven't experienced like like being a, a like haunted right right in that way. And I think that it, it's as a result of like the people who I've lost who are like licking down on me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and like people will always say that they're like someone someone's looking down and I've like since my mom passed when I was four so that's always just been in my head like someone looking down with right. you so I definitely believe in it I just don't have like I've never been like scared by one yeah yeah, yeah. like I've never been like oh my god like the whole room just shaked <laughs> 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 no I'm with you I feel like everything every experience I've had I've never been like frightened right. it's not a yeah. scary thing yeah, yeah it's yeah. just like this isn't normal. <laughs> this is paranormal. This is out of the box. This shouldn't be happening this way yeah. or that way. It's never scary. I'm never like, holy shit, get me out of here. And if they were, if they wanted to, I would be down for it. I'm like, <laughs> give, me, give me a little excitement. <laughs> like, well, I think that's a big part know. of it. Like being open to experiencing that, yes, I think yeah. is a big part of it for sure. I I think like... like if if you if something is like in front of you, why are you going to like when when we were talking about like do you hear the noise? Right. It's whether you hear the noise in the next room, like yeah. okay, girl, like cool. But if it's right in front of you, I'm not running away. It's like here we are. Right. What's happening here? Exactly. <laughs> and like how do I read this go along faster? <laughs> For sure. No, I yeah. yeah, I agree. Well, Thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. On this episode of Haunted Hometowns. Uh, do you have any shows coming up or anything you'd like to plug? plug. Instagram, whatever you'd like to share. Um, I guess, I don't know when this is coming up. Like, I'll be Bushwick. It'll be next Friday. Okay, so, so Sylvester would be happening, I believe, September 8th. Oh, that sounds about right. Yeah, yep. yeah. So yeah, we'll be there at Purgatory, and then Sunday at Bushwig. Oh, that's right. So you're booked and busy that entire weekend. Yeah. September 8th, 9th, 9th and 10th. 10th. Well, the 8th is going to be like a fun, like I just go to Bushwig and like be seen. and <laughs> <laughs> Fair. That's like my day to run around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, nice. Yeah. So if you're in New York City, definitely check out. Sylvester at Purgatory yes. and Bushwig at Knockdown Center. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. I can't wait. I, I just bought my tickets. Okay, so good, good, good. 
I'm very excited. excited. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's your Instagram so they can go? Um, it is v o x i g m a dot l o. Perfect. Fuxigma dot low. Yes. And I'll tag you on yeah, Instagram and stuff. Yes. So if you're just on Haunted Hometowns page, you can find her that way. It's easy. Yeah. We make it easy here. Yeah. <laughs> the internet makes it easy. <laughs> we don't have horses to steal. <laughs> we don't have horses to steal. We have phones, thank God. Yeah, we, right, like, right. imagine tr- me, like, sending you a letter imagine to be, recording like... recording this podcast in 1890, uh, whatever. <laughs> Y'all can follow Haunted Hometowns on socials for photos related to this episode, guest info like Fox Sigma, and upcoming news, please give Haunted Hometowns a five-star rating if you enjoyed this episode and let all your friends know where to listen. Email me your paranormal experiences at hauntedhometownspodcast at gmail.com. It could be anything from waking up in your apartment without any doors or windows to watching a raccoon on your ring camera twerk to Barbie World. Let me know. Vox, thank you so much again. Thank you. I'll meet you all back here in a couple weeks because everyone loves a ghost story. The theme song is by Tyre. Follow him on Instagram at Queer Popstar and go stream his music, T H A I R. The artwork is by Pepe Munoz. Follow him on Instagram at p.e.p.e.munoz, M U N O Z. I got my information from Wikipedia. West Virginia Explorer, and Gothic Horror Stories.